for joining us today and every day. Have a great Christmas every day, every day, every year, including this year. I'm Connell McShane. It's time for Blake Berman in the Hill. Take it away, Blake. Christmas Merry is every Christmas day in my house. to you and your family. Uh, thanks, Connell. We'll catch you, catch you next week or next year, I guess. We'll, we'll see. Uh, have a great Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Hill here on News Nation. There are two huge stories today involving the two frontrunners in the race for the White House. The Supreme Court pushing back on the special counsel Jack Smith, in essence, handing Donald Trump, for the moment at least, a victory. What it means and how this could impact the timeline of Trump's court cases and the presidential race. And then there's President Biden making some news of his own, announcing today, if you've smoked weed, it's all good. Uh. The pardons he issued and what it means for the future of marijuana in this country. Plus, don't you feel like your airline miles just aren't going as far as they used to? Well, the Transportation Department thinks there might be something to it. And speaking of travel, he just got back from Gaza. The legendary chef Jose Andres joins us live to share what he saw. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by... Chris Steyerwald, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Tia Mitchell is the Washington correspondent for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Scott Bolden, the former D.C. Democratic Party chair and legal analyst. And Ford O'Connell, GOP strategist and former Trump campaign surrogate. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. All right, come on in. Happy Friday this last Friday before Christmas. You know, you thought maybe I can just get on the car, get on the plane, go go take my break before Santa comes down the chimney, not have to worry about politics. Ho, ho, ho. Merry political Christmas. Uh, man, did we get some Donald Trump news here uh, in the last 24 hours, Chris. Well, I think a lot of people had hoped uh, that... <clears throat> We could get ahead of 2024 to some degree, right? That Jack Smith had hoped, get ahead of this, get a ruling in place, do all of this stuff. But the Supreme Court has to continue your analogy. They're like planes circling the runway at Reagan. All of this stuff around Donald Trump and the court system is is groaning under the weight of this. So it's not going to go quick. Okay, so we learned today that the Supreme Court essentially said they're not going to fast track a case in that court as it relates to whether or not Donald Trump should be immune for his actions on January 6th while he was president. There was also uh, uh, some news out of Michigan, which we'll get to. Uh, I want to get all of your thoughts here. Jesse Weber, come on in as well. News Nation legal contributor, Sean Spicer, former Trump White House press secretary with us as well. Um, Jesse, let's start with you. And and I want to hear from Scott, too. Um, What did the court say today? and, and, And was it important in your view? If so, how? This is huge. I mean, but they didn't really say much. They didn't give any reason for why they didn't want to take up the case. The simple answer is they didn't feel that it was necessary at this point for them to review it. So this is a major win for Donald Trump because Donald Trump's whole goal is to make sure that this trial does not happen before the election. Jack Smith, even though he hasn't overtly said it, has indicated he wants this trial to happen in March. So the fact now that the Supreme Court won't hear it, the D.C. Court of Appeals is set to hear oral arguments in January. When are they going to come to a decision? That trial is in March. Mm. So whenever they come to a decision, then it becomes a question, well, do you, and by the way, it looks like I don't imagine that they would say that Trump is fully immune. So then it becomes a question, does it go up to the Supreme Court? When do they hear it? Is there a stay in the case? This completely goes away from Jack Smith's timeline. 
Sean, is this a victory for the president? Ford, is this a victory for the president? Sean, we'll start with you. Yeah, I agree with Jesse. I mean, I think the bottom line is that Donald Trump can continue to use the political verbiage that he's using about this being a, a witch hunt in the politicalization of the judicial system, the weaponization of the judicial system. Yet it gives him the breathing room he needs. You know, this this is a big deal because the judge, Chutkin, had said that she would stay the, you know, the case, put it on hold until a decision was reached. It was supposed to start the day before Super Tuesday. Right. And there's a big difference in these cases versus the civil one where you have to sit there. So this would have taken Trump off of the campaign trail. This This is a big victory for him, being able to stay on the campaign trail, make the case, and then still have the issue to campaign on that the Democrats are weaponizing the judicial system and coming after him. So I I don't think that it can be underscored what a big victory this was for him because it gives him the freedom to get back on the campaign trail. It continues to give him the momentum that he has. And he can say, well, look, the Supreme Court, it may not have said that he was immune, but it, it, it didn't agree to, to do what Jack Smith had wanted. Remember, Jack Smith went lost that big Bob McDonald case. They're, they've already been out there pushing out fundraising emails and other emails talking about how Jack Smith is a failed prosecutor. Jack Smith got a well-deserved lump of coal in his Christmas stocking, okay? (laughs) He waited three years to bring this case, and now he's saying that I want to make it happen at lightning speed. He's trying to get a partisan conviction ahead of an election because we know what Jack Smith's all about. It's about playing partisan Is it lump of coal, or is it just the beginning? Well, I think politically I agree with my colleagues, but... Not so fast on whether this is a big legal victory. It certainly is a legal victory short term, but they've got to go to the D.C. uh, Circuit uh, Court of Appeals. Uh, That's not a friendly circuit uh, based on who's appointed to that panel. Um, It'll it'll be pending there. If they get a quick decision, let's say in January, they could still start a trial in March. Now, here's the, the real issue to look at. Chutkin has voluntarily agreed to state proceedings while these appeals went through the process. But I think she was focused on the Supreme Court. Now that they want cover from the D.C. Circuit, the question is, does she continue to stay or does she let it run through its course with the D.C. Circuit? And that's a big issue that's open. That's right. going to eat up a lot of time. Yeah, potentially. Not really. It can be quick. She it can, is she not can issue quick. an order after Christmas and, and start proceedings again so this, while the Court of Appeals is pending. This is just one front. Donald Trump's campaign, by the way, is also defending a new report comes out of the state of Michigan uh, that the former president pressured two Republican members of a Detroit area county election board not to sign a certification of the 2020 results. The Detroit News reports it came in a phone call that the former president made shortly after the Wayne County Board of Canvassers met on November 17, 2020. Now, Trump talked to the two canvassers after they voted to certify the results according to the paper. Quote, we've got to fight for our country, Trump reportedly told the two. We can't let these people take our country away from us. Um, Jesse, is this a, a potential um, another case waiting to happen, or is this just another bad luck, I guess? Well, it's definitely a bad luck, but in terms of a legal point of view, I want to hear the entire call. I want to understand the entire context of hmm. it. But what it does say on the face of it is you could make the argument that Donald Trump is urging these two election workers to break the law, that he is acknowledging that what he wants them to do would be illegal because, again, he's endorsing the idea, if they need lawyers, we'll take care of it. Why would you do that unless you knew, of course, they're getting into legal trouble? So I know there's talk right now, is this a bribe? You know, he's offering something of value to influence what they do. Is this a conspiracy? Uh, 
I don't want to get too far ahead of that in terms of he's breaking Michigan okay. law. In terms of the optics and whether or not it's going to play into Jack Smith's case, potentially, although Jack Smith didn't include anything about this in his indictment, I think from an optics point of view, it's rather consistent with what we heard about Donald Trump on phone calls. Tia, you and your colleagues thought you were going to have a slow, uh, slow Friday <laughs> heading into Christmas. Yeah, and it's, it, it actually does impact me and my colleagues in Atlanta specifically because of the Fulton yeah. County case and Fonnie Willis in this kind of sweeping RICO indictment mentions other states as part of the evidence she used to indicate that, you know, alleged that Trump tried to overturn the 2020 election. So again, this is new evidence, but it doesn't bode well. We don't know if some of these pending cases, all of a sudden they take interest in it. I think it's also, you know, in Georgia, there was another recording of Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger but the difference is, and what makes this, uh, what the Detroit News is reporting a little bit more potentially problematic, is there is that call to action. It's not just find the votes, it's here's what I think you should do to help me out, and here's what I'll do to help give you cover. So again, it could be potentially more problematic. But you know, the other thing is, is this call took place, if I'm, if, correct me if I'm wrong, took place after these like two Republicans had had voted already yeah. to certify the election and then they were trying to get them to withdraw it so the the cast the die was cast already hey hey, hey sean come on in i'll, I'll give you the last word here because i know you got to run uh but what do you make of it well look I, I i i'm reading this in real time as everyone else is today and my understanding is that none of this is new that the actual recording of the call is new and i agree with jesse i think context matters we've seen a rush to sort of get out there and then seeing the full transcript later, which changes how it's perceived. But the bottom line is the January 6th committee knew all about this. They were aware that this call took place. They were aware of, of, of the particulars of it. That what's new is that there's actually a recording of it. Right. All right. Sean Spicer, got to leave it there. Merry Christmas to you and your Merry family, Christmas, Jesse guys. Weber. Merry Christmas uh, to you as well. Panel will be here for the hour. They can't go just yet. <laughs> Joining us now, though, is the Texas Republican Congressman Dan Crenshaw uh, here on the Hill on News Nation. Congressman, thank you for being here on the show. Appreciate the time. I know you probably could have taken the day off and been with family, uh, but, but you're here with us, and we do appreciate it, sir. Um, so you've been listening into all of that, and just want to get your reaction. I wonder how much you worry as a Republican if Donald Trump is the nominee that. What you just heard there is sort of what consumes 2024 and not necessarily the campaign. Yeah, I, uh, it, all of Trump's court cases make my head hurt. I don't think about them all that much. Um, are we worried about it? Of course. I don't want to steal these campaign ads running against the Republican nominee. It's, of course, that's bad. You know, but, but it's, it's, it's also baked in at this point, if we're just thinking about it from a political standpoint. The voters know about all this. Um, I, it, it's hard to imagine a lot of new information coming out over the next year. I, I think a, these are two very well-known candidates to the voters, and the voters are going to decide. Okay. Um, you're, uh, you, of course, represent the, the Houston area in the state of Texas, and there is a whole lot of news, as you know, uh, on the southern border. I want to show the audience right now a live look at, at Eagle Pass, as we've been reporting on this for days now. Uh, record numbers of, of uh, migrants there at the border. Not, not sure if we have it, but we've, we've seen the images. Um, the railroad crossings, Congressman, at Eagle Pass and El Paso, they were shut down for several days. They were uh, resumed. Uh, they're, they're now back open. Was it the right call to shut down those railroad crossings as you see it? 
Well, it, it's, they don't have a choice. So you, you have to back up and, and, and examine how this actually happens. So when there's thousands of people crossing between ports of entry, Border Patrol is the, the designated agency to deal with that. But when there's thousands of people, they don't, have, they don't have enough people to deal with it. So they start to pull <laughs> other agents off the line. They're pulling customs agents from ports of entry. And ports of entry incru- include railways as well. And so when you don't have enough agents to actually do customs inspections as, as per the law, well, then you can't have railways going. You can't have import-export right. going through. You can't have people coming in and out of uh, ports of entry. Uh, so it, it's not about it being the right call or not. It was just they didn't have a choice. The, the real hmm. problem here is Biden's policies that, that are a magnet for, for illegal immigration. He can put a stop to this. They just won't. Do, do you think that there is going to be some sort of a border package Sir, in 2024, I mean, I I know Republicans have passed what is known as H.R. 2, but we also know that the Senate is negotiating right now. Are you optimistic that Mm -hmm. some sort of a deal gets done in the upcoming weeks? Yeah, there's a few senators working on this. I appreciate their effort. What I'm worried about is that Senator Schumer, who, you know, is the leader in the Senate, doesn't have a ton of incentive to actually make that deal. Uh, I've been encouraging Speaker Johnson to go directly to the White House and try to make a deal with the White House. Now, what does that deal look like? It's border policy changes for Ukraine aid. That's, that's the deal. Now, I think we both win if we get both of those. Everybody needs the border to be secure. And Biden has much more of an incentive to make that deal than Schumer does. So, again, I'm calling on the Speaker. We need to go directly to the White House. We need to negotiate directly with the White House. I appreciate the senators' uh, efforts on this, but they're not going anywhere. We need to get some progress here, and you need to, you need to end the illegal parole, um, the, the mass parole that the Biden administration is doing, and you, and you need to end the asylum loopholes that they're taking that are taking place. There's pretty you, simple you know, solutions for this problem. It just needs to happen. One of the more fascinating stories of 2023, I thought, was uh, your, you and Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez coming together on psychedelics uh, and studying whether or not psychedelics. Uh, could potentially help with PTSD, um, especially for our service members. We saw President Biden today essentially grant uh, blanket pardons for marijuana usage. Marijuana usage, um, and then if you have it on your possession, on federal lands. Do you agree with uh, the president and, and that sort of uh, blanket pardon today? There shouldn't be blanket pardons. If you want to change the law, you need to change the law. I will say that people, it's also a fake issue, right? There's this, there's this, there's this idea out there that people are in jail because of, because they caught smoking marijuana. Nobody's in jail because they were caught smoking marijuana. There are cases where that is the plea deal that they made, but they probably had a gun on them or they were, you know, assaulting somebody and then they plead, they pled down to a, just a drug charge. That happens, but it's, it's a fake issue to begin with. Let's talk about the good thing here, which you mentioned, which is the psychedelics legislation. So that was actually signed into law today. Uh, through our military spending bill, the NDAA. So that's actually really great news. I mean, look, there's recreational use is one thing, but a lot of these plants, a lot of these uh, drugs can be used for for, for some real good. And on psychedelics in particular, we've seen amazing, amazing results uh, with veterans specifically um, in in, in treating their PTSD. Amazing results. So getting that signed into law, what exactly is getting signed into law is forcing the DOD to do clinical trials on it and allowing service members to be part of those clinical trials. It's a huge step. All right, Congressman, we got to leave it there. And again, I do appreciate you you coming in and and talking to us today. Congressman Dan Crenshaw from the state of Texas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, sir. We'll catch you in 2024. Sure. All right. Uh, Chris, so... um, 
that was President Trump at the beginning of the show. President Biden today with a, a pretty big announcement there on the pardoning of, of marijuana usage on federal lands. Oh, you, you, no, not necessarily. I mean, where's he going with it? Well, first, I'm sorry I laughed, but when you said that he and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> were on uh, psychedelics. Did I, did I say that? Well, you said it that way. It was, it was, I, it I was legislation have, if yeah, I said I know. that. They, was, they I, were I on the legislation, yeah, not sorry. on. Did I say that? They were not. Congressman, if he's there, he They were not shrooming together. Look, we are in a serious period of cultural reorganization around uh, marijuana, cannabis, THC, whatever you want to say. Um, we're experiencing a ton of growing pains. Walk down the streets of any city in the United States, and this, the, the stench, the odor will assault your nostrils as you go down the street because people are very out loud smoking pot and doing all this stuff. Figuring out it's how legal. Uh, well, that's what it's I legal. exactly. But if somebody was walking down the street drinking a, a pint of Gilby's gin and I can smell it on their breath, I would observe that too, and that's that's legal but as that's well. Not, but that's but not wait, legal. the reality is you can't have something that's legal that people think about all the people who already served penalties, right? And the people in state courts. I think what Biden did is a necessary step toward reconciling something that is now legal something that is now decriminalized. We still have a bunch of contradictory laws out there, but it's going to take time to sort this all out. But, it, but it's necessary because the, at the federal level, it's still a crime to possess and use well, marijuana. Yeah. At the state level, 40 all states, whether it's right. medical or not, it may have made it legal. 20 states, you can have recreational use. But, and I think this is the first step towards decriminalizing marijuana at the federal level because mm -hmm. the states are going to do it. The I states have already done it. Yeah. Cynical ploy. His base is collapsing. Who does this best help him with? African-Americans and voters under 30. And those are the voters that he's hurting with right now. All right. Uh, coming up here on the Hill. Steyerwald breaks oh. it down. So Chris, yeah. you know, he normally does his political breakdown of whatever the, the one of the big political stories of the day. But it does he have something different coming up? Chris breaks down, it's a wonderful life. Zuzu's pedals. Come on, everybody. <laughs> That's coming up later in the show. You don't want to miss it. And then right here after the break, uh, Jose Andres, of course, the famous chef. He just got back from Gaza. What he was doing there and what he observed. Jose Andres talks to us right after the break. The Hill on News Nation returns. All right, welcome back. So the United Nations Security Council today approved a compromise resolution calling for uh, a compromise, rather, a resolution calling for increased humanitarian aid to Gaza. More than half a million people in the Gaza Strip are facing severe food shortages from the Israel-Hamas war. Our next guest is the world-famous chef Jose Andres. His nonprofit organization, World Central Kitchen, provided food and support to people in Gaza. Jose Andres is Back, as you can see from some of the images there, just spent time in Gaza and joins us live. It is so great to talk to you, uh, Jose. Um, obviously, there's a lot of politics around what's going on. Let's set that aside for a moment, because you were just inside Gaza distributing meals, and I wonder what you saw, what you heard, and what that experience was like. I was uh, visiting uh, the lead team of World Central Kitchen, some block. Uh, World Central Kitchen has been working uh, 
uh, obviously in Gaza from the very early moments of this uh, of this uh, issue of this confrontation. And what I can tell you is that situation is as bad as it can be. Uh, we are seeing uh, hundreds of thousands of people displaced, moving from the northern parts of uh, Gaza, especially from Gaza City, the biggest city inside the Gaza Strip, moving south to the last place they can be, which is Rafa City. So there you have a place with hundreds of thousands of people arriving without place for lodging them with tents, temporary tents that keep open and where the need for food, the need for water, the need for fuel, the need for wood or charcoal so people can cook Israel on top of medicines and everything else. So this is really a humanitarian crisis that if we can allow more trucks to keep coming in, bringing food, bringing water, bringing medicines and everything else they need. That humanitarian crisis, hopefully the amazing people of UN and other organizations like ANERA, like World Central Kitchen, etc., we can make sure that the people are being taken care of. We need to remember food and water should be a universal right for every human on planet Earth. Were you afraid, Jose, when, when you were there? Any other emotions? Listen, I was, uh, uh, we were the guests in one of the house uh, of different uh, members of different organizations of the UN. And at night uh, from uh, uh, the house, uh, you could see uh, many drones. You could hear uh, the flying uh, jets. Uh, you could see explosions. You could hear the shooting. I would say that probably Khan uh, uh, Yunis uh, uh, were, will say is one of the biggest confrontations right now, uh, at least until yesterday. You could be hearing the gunshots as they were very, very close, uh, very close to you. I am afraid. I am more worried about all the children that are, are every day uh, going through all of these, not only on Gaza. We saw that uh, our, uh, our missiles or whatever uh, uh, Hamas is shooting from Palestine into Israel. At the end of the day, uh, I'm only thinking about those children in Ukraine where Russians keep shooting at civilian buildings, at schools. This is what I'm afraid of. What I'm afraid is that we have children that in different parts of the world, Gaza, Israel, Ukraine, that they are going to sleep every night with one eye open because they don't know when the next sirens or the next explosion is going to happen near them. That's what I'm afraid, yeah, the saw, day that we yeah. stop caring about the children. Yeah, I saw a video from inside Israel in which, you know, the children were laying down and all of a sudden there were sirens and they had to get up and run. And you think it's children and that's sort of the life that they're raised in. Uh, we got to leave it there, sir. You, you do fantastic work. I, I, I know you've been uh, around the world and back. And I, uh, I thank you for joining us. Uh, Jose Andres. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and yours. Merry Christmas to all of you. Yep. Um, Chris, I think, it, you know, what he does, he, he does it all over the world. It is fascinating. Um, Calvin Coolidge said, when you don't know what to do, do the work that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. And in a world full of so much heartache, so much hurt, so much trouble, uh, finding a way to materially put your hands on things and do some good. And in Jose Andre's case, 
go feed people, to go feed people. And it's not about politics. It's not about permanent solution. There's somebody who needs fed. There's somebody who needs loved. Go feed them. Go love them. All right. Well, coming up here on the Hill on News Nation, as you get ready to go, maybe to your uh, wherever you're going to get there before Santa comes down the chimney. You might be using those frequent flyer miles. Don't you feel like th- those miles are getting watered down, right? It doesn't go as far as it used to. Well, you know what? The transportation department thinks you might be right, and now they are looking into that, whether or not those miles are getting watered down. And I think it's something we all can agree on here. You seem a little triggered. You seem, Me? You seem a little well, triggered. Oh, he's <laughs> absolutely right. It, it might be the first good thing Buttigieg has done. If, if I'm a little triggered, how about this? These two are going to agree on something coming up. Stock trading in Congress. Did you see who traded what today that got people going, whoa? <laughs> We're back. Stay with us. All right, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation. That right there is a live look at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. Many of you might be uh, traveling for the holidays. If you are, you're probably using rewards or frequent flyer miles uh, to get there. Turns out those points might not be as advertised. The Department of Transportation now probing complaints that airline loyalty programs are deceptive and unfair. Uh, what about this, Tia? Because they're, they're now taking this up with the major airlines saying, you know what? You're watering down these points. There's too many fees. What's up with the loyalty program? I think it's interesting. You know, um, me writing for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Delta Airlines is mm-hmm. based in Atlanta, and they caught some heat when they announced changes to their mm-hmm. loyalty program That was a September. massive story. Like, they got so much blowback on that. They got a lot of blowback, and to their credit, they came back. Well, maybe not to their credit, but to their, you know, realizing <laughs> realizing the reality of the pushback said we've got to do something about this because we're losing it over here but i think the question is the transparency and the fact that airlines legally right now can kind of unilaterally make changes mm. and those who are already enrolled in the loyalty programs have no recourse they just have to go with it and i think that's what really delta faced in september that ramped up some of these investigations. You want government stepping in here? No, I, I want to say one more thing to that. I think the points program is a Ponzi scheme, and it's a Ponzi scheme to drive you into their co-branded credit cards. As we discussed before, that's where the real money's at for the airlines. They want you to take on their credit card, and if you have their credit card, you're using their charges, they're always going to give you more points, and those points are going to continue to be of value, or else you wouldn't be using that credit I'm card. I'm going to get to that. Do you want government... I want government to figure to look at it. I okay. don't know that I necessarily want government to fix it because you, as you and I discussed, I don't know exactly what the Durban Martian bill is going to do that's going to make it <laughs> right. any better. Right. But we do need to get to the bottom of it. There's a legal piece to this, too. When they change the agreement, your old agreement and the benefits you've received, you okay. may, may not have manifested the use of those points. And then they change the agreement without notice and say, now, here's the new agreement. So what happens to all my points and that old agreement and the benefits? I just lose them as a consumer, or it feels like you lose them as a consumer. And so there's got to be some recourse for the individual who is invested in that uh, point system. Airlines are? I have uh, never been disappointed by an Edwards of Virginia wigwam ham. Other than that... (laughs) I have been disappointed by almost every commercial enterprise that I have been attached to until I realized something. Hmm. 
They're trying to get as much money out of me as they possibly Correct, can. Right. That's what they're trying to do. So if I manage my expectations, okay. I'm not going to get mad, and I just want them to take me to the place that I want to go and not have anything bad happen on the way. And thanks, American Airlines. Please upgrade me to Dubai. Please upgrade me to Dubai. just want everyone at home to consider this. When you look at the market cap of these companies, of the three major airlines, Delta, American, United, their market cap right now, give or take $48 billion. When you look at the rewards programs, the credit cards for those three airlines, they're valued at, give or take, $72 billion. The credit cards valued more than the airlines. Something to consider. When they start that speech, I start looking for the <laughs> right. uh, uh, the parachute because they go on. I'm, I say just in the credit the way, card. This, that's the point. The that's lounges. how they're trying that's to make money. Yeah. That's not but, but, but the credit card is the whole point. That's how they're trying to stay ahead of the game. Right. And it's always going to be about the credit card. And eventually it's going to be about some other widget. But right now, you can make money Here, here's, here's while another, you sleep. If here's you're another airlines. one I find fascinating. The Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Apple Watch Series 9 Ultra 2 from Apple, not online anymore. Uh, online anymore. Why? Uh, because part of a software component that, goes mo- that monitors your health, they're in a back and forth with Apple. And so uh, it was ruled that Apple can't sell it here in the U.S. So Apple's yanked some of the most popular Apple Watches. And you know who could change that? President Biden. He has until Christmas to Man. jump in and overturn this. Do you think the president's going to get involved here? You two are two I mean, journalists I, are looking at each I other. I know. I, I personally haven't heard a whole lot, but I would think With her that Apple the, watch on. This is, a, this is a Fitbit watch. Thank you. But um, I, I think the White House would be hesitant to get into what is essentially a business-to-business dispute. So right President, now, Obama, dispute. President Obama did this in 2013 with the iPhone, but it, it dealt with Samsung. Right. So it was Apple and Samsung, American company, not American company. These are two American companies, which is why I don't know if the yeah, president's going to want to get you involved. You can still enough. get that Apple Watch, that version by Elsewhere. third party sellers. Yes. And not very, over the, what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing over there? You what got, am I wearing? No, no, no. We want to know. I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing. Uh huh. Smart watch. Yeah, this isn't uh-huh. a smart watch. Uh huh. But 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 you, you, you can still get it. But you're right about it. it's a business dispute. It's okay. an IP dispute, and the and the the company. It's this dispute is real in regard to whether they okay. they use this IP against uh, the law. And the, the company said they're willing to work with Apple to work some. Oh yeah. yes, they do so want to settle. Also, well, they, and yeah. we'll see if they settle. And if they so don't, Biden won't have the, to get involved if they if I, they settle. Going to. All right. Uh, meantime, today, this story, my gosh, uh, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, at least the Pelosi's, I guess, is probably maybe a better way to put it. Uh, trading stocks once again. That, that's not unusual. But this got the attention. Uh, purchasing up to five million dollars worth of NVIDIA call options. It was filed today. She is not the only one, though, because in recent days, uh, as has been reported, this is unusual whales. If you don't follow them on Twitter, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville made uh, a bunch of stock trades as well, including U.S. Steel. And they have been in the news, as we know. Uh, Ford, Scott, Mm -hmm. you two don't agree on much, but the idea that Congress can get involved with trading and with options, the frequency that they do, 
absolutely has to stop. And I think the best case example, I'm just going to mention one Democrat, is mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi. When she came into Congress, her net worth was about $2.7 million. Now it's $200 million. Look, she, she catches a lot of grief no, because she was the Speaker of the House. But this is I know it's everyone. I'm just okay. trying to give the average person an understand how to do it. And with NVIDIA, what did they go up to? 1,300% this year? I mean, NVIDIA has been yeah, but, I mean, ripping. but what's been not being said is this. They have every right to trade, right? Just like these. Should they, though? But because when you're... Because no, no, let me ask you, let me ask you this. You presume an insider information. Well, and you can't presume that. Because just because you get an increase in wealth and you're a good so, stock trader and you happen to be an elected official, so let me, order, let me ask you doesn't this. mean that you shouldn't be trading stocks. Let me ask you this. If you, you use this, an inside information, that's a problem. It's illegal and you, you ought to be prosecuted When you become a member of Congress, you basically give up the right to privacy, right? You're a public figure. Mm-hmm. When you give, become a member of Congress, you basically give up remote work, Right. Because you have to go into Washington, D.C. and vote. When you become a member of Congress, should you be forced to give up the ability to buy individual stocks yes. and, and, and be able to flip options? If it is something that you are regulating, if it's something within a committee that upon which you're sitting and you have information, it may not be inside information, but you certainly have you, more information you, than the you average investor. You know who's going to benefit when government will. contracts go through. You cannot you, take that when you right. speak of that. I you cannot take that Hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. You can regulate it. I thought you two were going to agree on that. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> I think they shouldn't Wishful trade stocks. I've written a lot about this, coronavirus pandemic. And I will say this, this is another example where there actually is a pretty large segment of members of Congress now who would like to tackle the issue and talk about it. Members of both parties, they say, but I think it's one of the one of the many issues that are not being talked about because of the gridlock. They can't even get government funded, let alone tackle some of these deeper systemic issues. The only thing I'm saying is you you can't take that. You can't take that option from them because they have they have their own individual rights. I think you ought to open up the books, though, okay. and, and show the public what you're doing and based on what you're doing. All right. So coming up here on the Hill, we, we do Steyerwalt breaks it down, right? We've done what, like New Hampshire, Iowa, a whole bunch of politics, a lot of, boring lot stuff. of politics. Yes, that's right. What are you breaking down? It's a Wonderful Life, America's favorite Christmas movie. You're breaking down It's a Wonderful Life. We're breaking it down. We're taking him to task. We're unpacking It's a Wonderful Life. That's coming up right here after the break. And uh, tonight, by the way, on News Nation, a special edition of Dan Abrams Live, talking with Congressman Dean Phillips for the full hour about his Democratic uh, primary challenge against President Biden. 9 o'clock Eastern, The Hill, before then, back right after the break. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. My dad was my hero. I wanted to do something to help people just like he did. A few years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer from doing search and recovery at Ground Zero in the aftermath of 9-11. I was holding his hand when he took his last breath. I didn't want to let him go. First Responders Children's Foundation gave me a scholarship that changed my life. I'm a nurse now. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. 
When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Every child deserves the best teachers, facilities, and academic programs to set them up for success. At Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania, we make that a reality for children from qualifying families who are looking for greater opportunities. Milton Hershey School enrolls students from pre-K through 12th grade from across the United States to live and learn on a beautiful state-of-the-art campus with all costs covered. Are you looking to set your child up for success or know a child who could benefit from Milton Hershey School? Learn more at mhskids.org admissions. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the Go. I'm Leland Vitter, delivering fact-based, unbiased news from all sides. Tonight on News Nation, batter up for Senate. MLB legend Steve Garvey joins Chris Live to discuss his run for U.S. Senator, his hopes to pull a GOP win in a heavily Democratic state. Tonight on Cuomo. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world, even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, yet behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works. I'm working towards a bright future. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. I've been looking forward to this all day, believe it or not. Uh, welcome back to the Hill here on News Nation. Steyerwald texted me this morning. He's like, I got something for you. Uh, the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, airs on television every year. As you know, you may not know how the film came to be. It's actually a wonderful story, and Steyerwald is here to break it. It's down, Chris. All right, you're going to regret letting me do this, <laughs> no. but why, why don't we go ahead and try? Okay, It's a Wonderful Life was based on a story by this man, Philip Van Dorn Stern. It was written in 1943. Now, Stern, born in northeastern Pennsylvania, the descendant of German-Jewish immigrants, worked as an editor for the armed forces during the war, producing pocket-sized versions of popular books for GIs. Now, Stern couldn't get this story published, so he had it printed up as a kind of Christmas card. You see it there, and he gave away about 200 copies to friends. Uh, it didn't have all the darker turns, but the bones of the story were there, including the little town of Bedford Falls, which Stern would later say was modeled on the town of Califon in northern New Jersey. 
But Stern kept at it. And the next year, in December 1944, it appeared in Good Housekeeping magazine under the title The Man Who Was Never Born. It was a hit. An RKO picture snapped up the rights for an impressive 10 grand and tried to make a movie for Christmas 1945 with none other than Cary Grant. But no soap. Grant instead made another spiritually-themed Christmas movie, The Bishop's Wife, where he played it. Another, he plays the angel. RKO dumped the rights, and Frank Capra snatched them up. Now, Capra had been an acclaimed director before Pearl Harbor, but volunteered for, Army, uh, for the Army service, and he served by making training and motivational videos for the war effort. He was looking for the right picture to get back into commercial movies. Another Army man looking for the right way back into showbiz was Jimmy Stewart. He was Capra's leading man in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Stewart had put his career on hold to serve as a bomber pilot in Europe. But it had been pretty heavy duty, and Stewart had even been grounded at the end of the war for what we would now call PTSD. Capra and Stewart loved the story and the way it touched on the conflict, but also regret, loss, and the homecoming without being overtly a war movie. Indeed, as they made it in the spring of 1946, both the star and the director found healing and purpose. The movie did pretty well in December of 1946. It even won an Oscar for, you may be surprised to hear this, special effects. They figured out a way to make fake, better fake snow. Uh, it was fire extinguisher foam uh, instead of painted cornflakes. The cornflakes crunched too loudly when the actors were walking on them and they had to redub the dialogue. But that's not why you know It's a Wonderful Life. For the next 30 years, the movie lay in obscurity. Just another schmaltzy post-war picture in a country that had very much moved on. But in 1973, because of a clerical error, the copyright to the picture expired. Local TV stations, hungry for Christmas content, pounced and started running the movie in heavy rotation, followed soon by dun -dun -dun -dun, cable television. The fight went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and in 1994, the studio won back control. But by then, it was way too late. 20 years of repeat showings had rescued the little movie from obscurity and made it part of America's tr Christmas tradition. Should old acquaintance be forgot and the days of old anxiety? Nope. Not thanks to a Christmas card, a couple of GIs, a typist error, and the wonders of cable television. Styrewall breaks it, it down. <laughs> awesome. you, you, you'll, you'll learn to regret so, letting, me, letting me have fun at Christmas. So what does this mean about Nikki Haley's rise in New Hampshire? No, <laughs> I, think it for, I think it foretells big things when we get to Dixville Notch. Big things there when we get go. to Dixville Notch. That's cool. I didn't know about it. You were telling me the movie was on in your office today when you were working. Yeah, I said that on I, TV. from home, no, actually. It just happened to be on when I got the briefing papers <laughs> on this. Uh, what's, another interesting uh, fact was it was moderately successful and, as you said, then forgotten. And cable and the litigation and what have you brought it back to life. This is an important movie because it's hard for us to talk about loss. It's hard for us to talk about hard things. It's hard for us to talk about regrets. And very few movies uh, are able to do this in a way that isn't heavy-handed and all of that stuff. It's uh, You can't have the good stuff in life if you don't understand the hurt, if you don't understand mm -hmm. the loss, because you can't appreciate Christmas if you don't have Advent. I right. think Cary Grant is a much better actor than Jimmy Stewart, but Jimmy Stewart <laughs> oh, is the oh, I would have been unhappy if Cary Grant had actually beaten out Jimmy Stewart. Hey, oh, listen, yeah. One, one other thing. They got the Oscar, but one of the things in the movie that you didn't see a lot in the <laughs> 40s or 50s was the angels in the sky talking and the movement. You didn't see them in human form, but they were just like white spaces talking back and forth to one another. <laughs> I just want to say I'm inspired. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. 
But I'm going to watch it. There you it's go. corny. Mm-hmm. Be, re- be Brace yourself. Brace right. yourself. As all Christmas movies are. As they should. <laughs> all right. Well, a quick programming note here tonight on Elizabeth Vargas Reports. Brian Enton filling in for Elizabeth. He'll be speaking with the retired detective from the NYPD, Andy Bershad. Uh, he'll analyze the newly released body cam video in the Prague shooting. That's about eight minutes from now on Elizabeth Vargas Reports here on News Nation. But before then, did you see who was at the White House in recent days? Uh-oh. Final thoughts as well. She's loose. When we're back here on the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on News Nation, batter up for Senate. MLB legend Steve Garvey joins Chris live to discuss his run for U.S. Senator, his hopes to pull a GOP win in a heavily Democratic state. Tonight on Cuomo. All right, so before we say goodbye, here is uh, something that caught our eye. She's often called the Queen of Christmas. See the video there, the pop star Mariah Carey and her two kids welcomed to the White House by President Biden for a tour of Christmas decorations. The video shows the president saying he is a big fan, even playing her classic hit, All I Want for Christmas is You. She's also seen adding an ornament to one of the Christmas trees. It's, uh, it's for, you, I'm sure you've been in there during Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it's nice in there. They got the big trees and everything. Yeah, they do, but I'll say this. I'm a, such a huge fan of Mariah Carey's song that we played it at my wedding. Huh. That's how much I like it. So if anyone's going to ask what my favorite Christmas song is. You played the Christmas song at your wedding? Yes, sir. By Mariah Carey? Yes. The royalties on that song alone <laughs> from this time of year, from yeah. what she, you know, this month is. The gift that keeps on giving. I think it's like six, six to seven <laughs> she figures She literally or tells people, yeah. like, not yet. That's where the it's time comes from. Because she's like, <laughs> right. don't start playing it too early, guys. Pace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, another story that caught my attention. NASA. You know about Taters the Cat? No. Oh, my I'm God. I, I can't stop laughing every time I think of it. <laughs> it's testing how far it can communicate with remote parts of the solar system. So, so that is Taters the Cat, okay? Taters got beamed 19 million yeah. miles. That is 80 times the distance. This show is laughing in my ear, giving me time codes. <laughs> that is 80 times the distance from Earth to the moon, and they beamed Taters the Cat, NASA did, out into space. Video of him. Video. Oh, okay, Yeah, good. sorry. Video of Taters the Cat. Uh, to, to say, to, to at least, you know, see the concept of, hey, we're out here. Anybody wants to know about Couldn't have been a dog? Here? I mean, I like I an orange know. cat. You I, like an, cat? I like an orange I cat just fine. Should have been a dog. Should have. This, this is an American project. Should have <laughs> been a dog. We all know <laughs> Darn that. Darn right. Well, this is pretty huge, though, because yeah. they think that using the beam is part of their new level of communicating. Yeah, the, the new disinformation. It's Christmas. Don't do that, He can't help himself. They beam this haters the cat video because it could be the way that eventually you send videos from Earth to Mars. I hope they're not talk people. Yeah. I hope they're not talk people out there. <laughs> and it was one of the engineers at NASA. Uh, taters is their cat, and Taters is now world famous. Thanks. Merry Christmas to y'all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody has Merry an awesome Christmas. weekend. It has been an, Happy an incredible holidays. Happy Holidays 2023. I hope you at home have a Merry Christmas as well. Thank you for being with us here on the Hill. We will be back on Christmas, by the way. Uh, in case you're around, turn us on. But until then, have a great weekend, and Elizabeth Vargas reports starts right now.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Elizabeth Vargas Reports. I'm Brian Enton. Elizabeth is off tonight, and it may be the Friday of Christmas weekend. Can you believe it? Christmas is on Monday. How did this happen? Uh, I know if you've got shopping, you still have to do. Just stick around for the next hour because we've got a lot of news to get to uh, tonight first. Uh, tonight on Elizabeth Vargas Reports, new reports say an Israeli.